What is going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K for the technically last podcast of the 2019 NFL season. The Eagles lost to the Seahawks 17-9 again. That was the exact same score as they lost in the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. That, that is... I mean, hey, you that, got to be here for it this time. <laughs> that's true. I mean, that, that just kind of underscores just as a weird, weird season. This was a, as weird of any game as we've covered all season, I think. Um, we'll get into some specifics of the game. We're going to more talk more a little about the season as a whole and things we saw in the locker room. I will say um, the biggest thing we have to talk about, we'll hit it first because I think this is going to be what we're mainly going to be talking about tonight, what everybody online is talking about, and that's that Carson Wentz was taken out of this game early. Um, after eight snaps, uh, we can talk about the merit of the criticism and all the, the conversation around him in regard to what happened, but the gist of it being that Javion Clowney had what I thought was a dirty hit. It was helmet to helmet. Wentz was already on his way down. Uh, maybe Clowney was already on his way to tackle him. I don't know. But the point being, it was helmet to helmet. Wentz went out and went into the blue tent, left the game, never came back. Josh McCown was the Eagles quarterback for an NFL playoff game where Greg Ward was the number one wide receiver and where Matt Pryor was starting at right guard. Um, a lot of Texas guys. <laughs> oh, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah, all three of those. Wow, that's crazy. There you I, go. I didn't mean to do that. But uh, but that kind of underscores the Eagles season as a whole, especially in the fact that those three guys were playing in the crunch time in a playoff game and the Eagles still could have won. And maybe they should have won. If We're, we're going to get into this in depth right now. But... I mean, you, I, I don't know. This is just, this is just such – I don't think the season could have ended any other way than Carson Wentz going out. He was the one that kind of held strong the whole year. He was the healthy guy all year. He brought them here. He deserves a lot of credit for the way he bounced back this season. Um, but the season ended with him on the sidelines again. I mean, I mean that, that's, a, that's a statement of fact. That's not a judgment call. That's just what happened. The, the dam broke. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's only so much water you can kind of sustain there, and it eventually broke. Look, the Seahawks essentially cut the head off the snake with this one after the snake's already been cut up several times but grew back a tail. It's a we- Or no, maybe that's a lizard. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, some reptile of some sort. But like <laughs> The cat ran out of lives. Yeah, basically. Um, and you know what? Uh this team still battled, man. The resiliency of this team is impressive. They've built. I talked to Malcolm Jenkins in the locker room after the game, and he said the resilience for them was based on the coaches that they have and the people they bring into the locker room. And he made he emphasized the people that they brought in the locker room. They built a culture over the last several years, and they only bring they only want to bring in people that can adhere to what they subscribe to in that locker room, which is next man up. We'll handle ours no matter who's out there. And look, he he said something that really resonated with me. He said that these are guys that have basically fought their entire lives to be at this spot. So as they've prepared to get here, they've been ready when their number's called. And I think that that speaks to the type of character that Howie Roseman wants in that locker room. It speaks to the type of character that Doug Peterson has and who he invests in. It also speaks to the guys that didn't get to stick around very long here. If you look at guys like Orlando Skandrick and Zach Brown, they they weren't what adheres to what There's the a reason why they're not here right now. Right. Um, and not just for budding TV careers, you know? So it, it, it's uh, – the Eagles are a team that while there is talent on this team, the thing that prevails overall is the ecosystem that they've built. They can bring people into 
their situation and very quickly figure out if they belong in the environment. And I think that speaks to the level of talent. When it comes to talent evaluation, it's also personal talent and personal uh, beliefs that Howie Roseman... Or like the whole idea of emotional intelligence that we talked about with Doug Mm -hmm. Peterson, like he's found that in his players. Yeah, and I think that's going to make for a very difficult offseason for this team, especially when you consider the free agents that are likely to, you know, either leave town or the Eagles are going to have to figure out some pricey deals. And, I mean, you look at Malcolm Jenkins, who wanted an extension this offseason, didn't get it yet. He's going to be a tough call. Rodney McLeod, who... Will be a free agent. Who will be a free agent, said that he wants to return. Jason Peters, I talked to in the locker room, said that he, uh, by the way, first broken on Eagles Extra, download it now. Um, and subscribe now. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you can download anything. Yeah, but you sorry. Should subscribe. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. You know, it's all you'll over our Twitter. It you'll, be an app. you'll see it. Any article we've written in the last yes. three weeks. Uh, but anyway, uh, Jason Peters wants to return. And I wouldn't honestly rule it out just the way this team kind of gravitates towards those older guys. I think he'd have to switch positions. But I, uh, you know, I mean, if they like him at left guard, let's say. You know, there have been whispers about Jason Kelsey retiring. If they move Sam Alou into center, they need a new left guard. Maybe Jason Peters is willing to stick around, you know, but he is going to be 38. They're going to have to make some tough decisions for that ecosystem. And I think, you know, losing guys like maybe Josh McCown who could retire, losing Jason Peters who could head elsewhere or retire, Jason Kelsey who could head elsewhere or or, or, he wouldn't head elsewhere, but who could retire, Um, Malcolm Jenkins who could get cut. Uh, there are guys in that locker room that keep it together, and I'm very intrigued by what they're going to do in the offseason. It's not all about talent. Um, it, it is about personality as well, and so this Eagles team is going to have to do a lot of homework on the new guys they bring in, but also the guys in their locker room right now who can step up and fill those voids of guys that could potentially leave. Yeah, you know, this was such a strange season, and – the injuries are a real thing. That's a real reason to like think, look at, think about what could have been. No more than this game. If Carson Wentz plays this game, I think we both be- believe they would have won. Absolutely. Um, before we get too much big picture, let's just cover a few things that happened in the game, and then we'll start talking a little more about what we talked about in the locker room with guys and what we kind of think about going forward. But um, Josh McCown did come in, 40-year-old quarterback uh just so happened to come on the week where i wrote an enterprise story about about josh and the impact he's made behind the scenes they needed him to make an impact on the field he he wasn't bad i don't think but he wasn't good he's a 40 year old quarterback who has never played in the playoffs for a reason uh it's a cool moment for him though that he did this literally was his first playoff snap in year 17 he's Mm -hmm. the first player to ever get his first snaps at 40 in the playoffs um he ran the offense he held onto the ball way too long the seahawks sacked him and hit him quite a bit the last play on offense that they had was a fourth down where he got sacked. Where you, you just have, you have to throw the ball on fourth down no matter what. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, no one was open, but you do need to give yeah, somebody a chance. Up, yeah, like yeah. you have nothing to lose. Over, yeah. Um, I do think he was less cavalier than he should have been. Yeah. If I have one criticism, it's that I, I thought he kind of just took what the offense gave him, and he was playing with house money. I, I, in that situation, I want my backup quarterback to be a little fearless. I mean, yeah. look, this could be it for him. I mean, you know, I mean, it should have been it for him last. Year. Well, I'll talk about him in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Um, but a few other things. Uh, DK Metcalf, DK Metcalf uh, had seven catches for 160 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He was a stud. 
Um, he beat Jalen Mills pretty good on a, what was it, 53-yarder? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 53-yard touchdown. It was Jalen Mills and Marcus Epps was in the game at some reason. Yeah, for some, yeah, for some reason at that yeah. point. It was the fourth quarter. Marcus Epps is in the game. Um, one of Jim Schwartz's. And another confounding thing they did, by the way, Jernard Avery didn't play. He was inactive. And then Brandon Graham left for a little while, so they were down to only Vinnie Curry, Josh Sweat, and Derek Barnett. They survived. Brandon Graham came back. He gutted it out. I think that was a weird decision, and I don't really understand what they're doing with Avery. That's an off-season topic or maybe later in the week. Um, Zach Ertz gutted it out and played. He didn't really make an impact. Him being on the field makes an impact, but he didn't really do anything all that. I mean, he had a 32-yard catch. That was good. But um, Dallas Goddard was good. Miles Sanders showed some flashes. The defense didn't get a great amount of pass rush. Um, they, I mean, they hit Russell Wilson 11 times. Okay, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. No, yeah, they, they, didn't they, only down, one, they only had one sack, yeah. and it was off a blitz. It's, it's by hard, he's a hard guy to bring down. Um, the defense held the Seahawks to 17 points. Malcolm, I, I was there at the beginning of his post-game uh, interview, and he said that they needed to get it lower than 17. Was there yet? Like, I mean, obviously with the final score, but he, they felt like going in, they couldn't even let them score that much. Um, was there anything else from the game that you think we need to hit before we start talking a little more about some other stuff? So here's what I'll say. This Jim Schwartz called a very good game, in my opinion. Um, I know that the secondary is going to take criticism for, for getting beat deep, and they deserve some of that. Um, they're going to get criticism for not being able to tackle well on third down. There was like a blatant, like blatantly terrible technique missed tackle by Nigel Bradham. Um, that went for a big game. Uh, Look, I think Jim Schwartz is here to stay. He should be here to stay. Uh, this secondary really needs to be reworked. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the offseason. But I, I thought Jim Schwartz called a pretty good game, all things considered. The defense was put in a really rough spot. The, Besides maybe on that last play to Metcalf. R- right, which a lot of people expect a run there. And, I, you know, I mean, they got caught with their pants down. That was basically yeah. what happened. Because uh, they sent McLeod on a blitz, and it just didn't work out. I mean, this defense is going to be reworked, but they've held teams to like 17 points. And I, I, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but pretty much like almost every game here outside of um, – there was, there was one game or, or where they didn't uh, – it escapes me. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm pulling up the schedule right now. Uh, you're talking about how they've done so well at home, you're saying? Yeah. I so mean, the, so let, I'll go through it. They gave up. Nine points to the Cowboys. They gave up 17 points to the Giants, 17 to the Seahawks, 17 to the Patriots. They gave up 37 against the – no, that was on the road, actually. Uh, they gave up 27 to the Lions. They gave up six to the Jets. And they gave up 27 to the Redskins. So yeah. the, the only two games they gave up a lot were early in the season. So two out of nine games. And they were in the first three weeks. They, they, yeah, I mean, like – that's really impressive. You can talk about air yards. You can talk about all that stuff. In the red zone, they do a very good job. Um, and look, I thought Doug Peterson adjusted as well as he could. I mean, McCown threw five passes during the regular season, and that was in week two. So you didn't really know what you were getting in him. Yeah, you can see him in practice, but, like, the bullets were flying out there. You you don't, don't have your full playbook at your disposal with him. I thought the running backs battled really hard. They ran well for the most part. The offensive line... It was kind of up and down. The Seahawks it, to get a lot of pressure, but again, a lot of some of that had to do with McCown holding on to the ball. They had yeah, he held two, on to the ball three, quite a four, bit. Four, five, six, seven sacks, and one, two, three, four, 
six, seven, eight, nine hits. So, and listen, Carson didn't yeah. play well in the first two first two series either. So um, again, this offense is going to be retooled. This defense is going to be retooled. I really don't see a lot of room for coaching changes. Uh, I mean, we'll probably get into that later on the week, but like right now, maybe two assistants I could see. Even Walsh, I mean, he's been dealt a pretty rough hand too. I mean, they, well, they haven't done better. I mean, to be for most of the season, he had the. I mean, he didn't have Deshaun, but he had Nelson Aguilar got worse, and he had Alshon Jeffrey. I know. I don't know how much coaching he's going to be able to impart on them, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside really wasn't ready to play this season. Yeah, I think that's the key, yeah. right? We talked about Miles Sanders being Deuce Daly's biggest project to date. And he got better as the season he went on. He got better as the season went on. J.J.'s kind of the damning thing for Walsh, but with, with Nelson's regression, I mean, he's a five-year veteran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, for sure. You know what I mean? Um, so, and, the, and you know, the guy that you fired last year, he actually played well under. So, you know, I mean, so there's that. But, you know... Yeah, this is just a really – these were two banged-up teams. I thought the Eagles actually played better defensively in this game than they did in the first matchup. Um, it's just Metcalf actually made catches in this one. So, yep. And he's a beast. And when you look on the other side and, you know, yeah, J.J. Had a, has a foot injury. Yeah, but it's, like, it's pretty damning that this is what happened. That he's like – That was the guy that killed them. And, you know, I talked to him after the game, and he basically said, you know – individually this isn't the season that he wanted to have he knew like he knows what he thinks he knows what he's capable of he feels the confidence from the coaching staff but he's also got a foot injury and you want the healthiest guys out there that was his reasoning for not playing very much down the stretch that said i don't think anybody other than greg ward caught a pass as a wide receiver today deontay burnett had one for five yards okay one for five yards there you go boom (laughs) um all right so let's let's talk a little more big picture while still talking about the game in a way i think we should start with carson wentz um, it's unfortunate that this happened to him because I think he had silenced most of the critics and now fair or not, the talk this whole off season on the radio and on nationally and in stories is going to be about how he ended another season injured and he wasn't on the field in the playoffs. I think this was, I don't think you can blame him for this one, but this is just the reality of the situation. And I guess if there's a positive to take away from the fact that it was a concussion, it's that in theory he should be able to recover from it quicker than he did with his back and knee injuries. I mean, it just depends on the severity of a concussion, obviously. He should be ready for minicamp and all that stuff. Um, and I think you should feel pretty good about him going into his fifth season, right? Yeah, fifth season. Yeah. I mean, what are your, what are your end-of-season thoughts on Carson Wentz, I guess, based on tonight and this season? This one's tough yeah. because there's nothing you can do about a concussion. Yep. It, uh, it wasn't like he wasn't even protecting himself. It wasn't... He, he hit some, him from behind, didn't he? Yeah. At some point, though, to be... Hu- a human being questions, like, when's enough enough? Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's very strong-willed and... Oh, you mean in terms of, like, like Andrew Luck type thing? Like No, no, no. no. I mean, like, hey... In my brain, man, I, I'm pressing. I, I, I'm unintentionally pressing because I want to avoid injury, or I want to avoid this. I know my I'm injury. Like the reputation is injury prone. I've got to avoid that. And like that's something that Carson cannot let get into his head. Uh, I can't speak for him. I can't. You know what I mean? But like for me, this is a tough blow. You think about how long Josh McCown waited for this opportunity. You don't want to be Carson Wentz someday saying, man, I, I blew my opportunity to really go on a run here. Because really, 
your your arch rival when it comes to the playoffs, the Saints, were eliminated. There there was an opportunity to possibly make a run, and you know you don't want to look back and have regrets. And I think, look, he was phenomenal during those last four games of the season, and you he should really hang that on his mantle and say, hey, look, if I need inspiration and proof that I can do this. I think what he did during the final four games of the season was as gutsy as anything he's done in the NFL. And I came away impressed with him this season. You can't really prevent the concussion. Um, but yeah, if I were, if I have one concern, it's that like at some point he's going to just, this injury prone thing is never going to go away. Yeah. Um, I mean, it is a very interesting dichotomy that both him and Josh McCown played their first playoff snaps on the same day. Like there's like there's something crazy about that. Um, let's talk about McCown for a little bit. I don't imagine he's gonna be playing for the team that, unless he really wants to keep playing. I don't see why they wouldn't bring him back as a backup. Uh, I don't think he wants to. I, he wanted to retire last year. He he mentioned after in the post game that the Eagles convinced him to come back. Alshon Jeffrey, who he's close with, convinced him to come back. And the idea of playing for a winning team, which he really hasn't, that's what helped made him want to come back. He was really emotional walking off the field. He was crying. He cried in his post game press conference. Um, he said he had the time of his life playing for the Eagles. He really loves this organization. Um, this has been a major topic this week after the story I wrote about how it seems like pretty much everybody in town wants him to become a coach on this staff. If a spot opens up at wide receiver coach, I think that would be the spot. I don't think they're going to fire Press Taylor unless he got an offensive coordinator job or something. Um, I'm, you're laughing, but, I mean, he, he he was a guy that was talked about as a head coaching candidate last year. So there's yeah, maybe there's somebody yeah. that likes him like that. I don't know. But uh, I'm just saying. It, it sounds it, like a favor, but, yeah, um, yeah, I hear you. I think Josh McCown made as big of an impact as a, as a backup quarterback who barely played this year can make. And I, you, you really have to – like, he really – most backup quarterbacks want their guy ahead of them to get hurt so they can play. That's just the, they want a chance. And he he was here because he just wanted to be a part of something different. And he he's talked a lot about how you know he's been on a lot of teams where it, after they lost a game like the Dolphins game where you're five and seven where they threw they they talked like okay if you win out we can make it and it never happened. And he said it was just amazing just watching the team resilience. So it, it it's just interesting seeing like almost an outside observer getting in there and seeing what it's like from the ground floor. And I, I think he just has that – just the way he talks, the way he approaches things, how smart he is, what he knows about football, I think he's going to be just a Doug Peterson-esque head coach one day. Yeah, I tweeted out when you wrote uh, the story, I think he's the next Doug Peterson. Um, so I think the role for him next year would be uh, special offensive assistant. It's the title that Matt Burke has on defense. Um, it kind of allows you to kind of work with every single group. Um, it also – puts pressure internally on assistant coaches that are here, but externally keeps it in a place where you're all right. Yeah. But in that role, I think he could be an assistant to Mike Groh in creating the passing coordination. I think uh, he can help the wide receivers with their routes. Something that stood out to me with Greg Ward is every quarterback in that locker room talks about how Greg sees the field as a, as a quarterback, and that's why he – he's been able to play so well. So having Josh McCown in the wide receiver room, like you said, would be very beneficial because he can help them see the field a little bit better. He can help them understand their roles and where the quarterback's coming from. I also think he he's important for Carson. I think, he, you know, while he is a happy-go-lucky guy, as you wrote about in your great article the other day, 
he's a guy that commands respect. And I think, you know, when you have a guy like Press Taylor, who's my age, he's 31, he, 32. Josh, yeah, Josh is literally eight years older than him. I yeah, I mean, wild. <laughs> you know, our generation tends to look up to people that are older as opposed to people that are younger than us or the same age. Um, and if he can be maybe the assistant quarterbacks coach, I think that helps because it, it'll prop Press Taylor up as well because Press Taylor can learn from him, but also... You know, Press Taylor's been a coach for a bit, and so he, Josh can learn from him as well. And then you have him in the building already to promote him in theory in, and, the, in the future. Yeah. And this team has done a very good job about taking former players and keeping them in this ecosystem. They bring back Connor Barwin several times. Eh, they've brought back Connor Barwin a couple of times this year. Brent Selleck's been around quite often. Um, and even a guy like DJ Kinney was on the roster, and they brought him back as a coach. And Mike right. Bartram and yeah. You know. And I think that's important for this ecosystem, and I think it's important to Doug Peterson specifically because he is one of those guys, and he is one of those guys that, you know, he wants to build his coaching tree. He's already won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, now he can build a coaching tree the way Andy Reid has, where all of his assistants are winning Super Bowls or, or doing something spectacular, and I, I think Doug Peterson is creating his own niche inside the, the NFL coaching world. Um, I will say... Carolina's got an opening, and I would not be shocked if the Panthers, whoever gets hired there, looked into McCown as, as the point. guy. He, he has a house in Charlotte. His kids live there. Yeah, I mean, you he don't really want to uproot. And um, it would probably, if he was leaving, it would have to be like an East Coast team, Charlotte, Eagles, mm-hmm. Giants, like something like that. Or Texas-based. Yeah, or Texas-based, but yeah. that, that would involve him moving in theory. Right. Too. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, – I'm, I'm interested in his offseason – that doesn't even have anything to do with the Eagles' future, pretty much. I'm just very curious to see the next step in his life. Because he also really likes coaching the high school football team. He, he was pretty good on ESPN. I um, feel like you're about to, like, turn to him, like, metaphorically and say, did we just become best friends? You really <laughs> like this guy. I mean, he has a great head of hair. I don't yeah, even know. He, he does. He has more he hair does. than I do, and he's, he's quite a bit older than me. So, <laughs> um, God bless him. God bless him. All right. Uh... So all these young guys that all kind of emerged at the end of the season, what, what if any of them do you see actually playing a role in this team in 2020? So if you're a smart GM, none of them. Yeah. None of them. I mean, Boston Scott's your fourth running back, ideally. None of them. Yeah. Well, I don't think Boston Scott's the fourth running back, but I think you have to go in and, and see this as, look, this was, this was a desperation situation. You you know, you don't know these kids, these young kids well enough. Boston, you do. He's been around for roughly a year and a half. But some of these guys, once they get a little bit of, of a taste and they've had these bigger roles, you, you have to see how they react to them. Um, you know, we look at a guy like DeAndre Hall, who they traded for last year, um, and he was on special teams every single game. Couldn't make the team the next year. Uh, I mean, he might have been playing instead of Marcus Epps if this was last year. Like, right. Yeah. Like, you've got to look at this as, well, for one, wide receiver needs oh. immense upgrades. Like, that's the number one, like, sign someone, trade for someone, draft somebody. Like, right, yeah. Bring as many options in as and, you can. And we'll have a plan for that later on in the week. Yeah. But um, even quarterback, like, Nate Sudfeld's going to be really cheap, but, like... He's been passed is over he, as the number two. Is he good enough to be the backup? Like, they have right? to decide that. <laughs> I mean, they were very... They clear, they, if they really, really, really... I know he was hurt, but if they were really, really, really confident in him, they wouldn't have signed McCown. Yeah, I mean, look. Cody Kessler was Tom Brady's backup pretty much the whole that's, season. That's true. Yeah. Like, you can get... I mean, backups are very hard to... Good backups are hard to come by, but, like, if you really like a guy, 
Look, Nate's a free agent. They have 15 unrestricted free agents that are coming up. Ronald Darby, Jalen Mill. Like, the list is pretty, pretty hefty. And I'll have something on the morning on that. Uh, in the morning on that. Not on, the morning. on the morning and in the morning. <laughs> well, maybe, you know, in and around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this Eagles team is going to look very different next year, as it should. Um, there's attrition. There's guys kind of playing out of their minds when you don't know how good they I think Boston Scott is Boston Scott and Greg Ward are the two players who should be on the roster next year. Yeah, right? they they shouldn't have as big of a role as they do now though. Yeah, I, I mean I Greg Ward should never be your number one wide receiver. No, no, no. I but like if it works he, he's, he's earned a shot at like becoming a starter for the next year, but if he's not, it's also not the worst thing necessarily. Yeah, I mean if he if he's their starting slot receiver and they've upgraded outside, then you can survive. Then yeah. you can survive, right? Uh, I'm if a big can, believer. I mean, if he can be like a gimmicky, you know, use him at a bunch of different positions guy, like that'd be like even he's there, Taysom Hill or something like that. Right. I think Boston Scott's here to stay. I think he's a cheap yeah. number two. He's running back. roles. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's got a role here for sure. He battled. I mean, the last three games yeah. were so, extremely. So impressive. we can transition into uh, another running back who was a big topic of discussion because he was healthy in air quotes. Jordan Howard. I know fans were pretty confused about why he wasn't playing. They could have used his hard running style today. Um, I talked to him in the locker room after the game. He made it sound like he was just not ready to go yet. Mm-hmm. Same as last week against the Giants. Like, the plan was not to play him. Um, that came from his mouth. That wasn't Doug Peterson. Um, he was asked a couple times about he's going to be a free agent. And, you know, about halfway through the season, we're like, extend him. At the end of the season, we were like, they don't necessarily need him. Uh I, I still like his playing style, and I think he compliments Miles Sanders really well. He said he wants to be here. Um, he didn't have to say that. Uh, I, I still wouldn't be – if I was them, I wouldn't be opposed to bringing him back at the right price. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Um, I don't know what the right price is necessarily, but I, – He's tough because – so he made 2.02 million this year. Chances are he's going to want to raise. But the problem is – do you sign him to a one-year prove-it deal at like four million? Do you really need him? Like that's the that's the thing. Do you really need him, or can you draft? You've got ten draft picks. I mean, and you traded what essentially will probably become a uh, fifth-round pick for him. So it's not like you've invested a ton in him. He doesn't like have you by the groin in negotiations because it's not like he balled out the. Final half. They won without him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If if he had kept on his on the way he was going, he would he would have earned himself a lot of money, probably out of their price range, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't. You know. Sorry. Uh, I mean, look, Boston Scott, bald, like and he's cheap. So it's like, what do you? I'm a big believer in Why running. Why can't you have both of them? Yeah. What? Why can't you have both of them? You're acting like you it's one or the other. No, but I think when Carson's money's about to hit, I think you need to, you know, watch where the way you spend, especially when you're going to have to pay for Alshon Jeffrey's contract no matter what. There's no guarantee that Deshaun Jackson's going to agree to a uh, a um, pay cut. A pay cut. You probably are going to sign a wide receiver. Um, offensive line is going to be very interesting, depending on what happens with Kelsey and Peters. There's other stuff going on. I mean, Dallas Goddard's going to be up for his extension after next season. Like, there's other stuff going on. And so, look, you can have Jordan Howard and Boston Scott. That's not the problem. But what we've seen from Miles Sanders, you want to give him the ball as much as possible. And, you know, 
he and Boston Scott are very cheap. All right, well, let's uh, tie a bow on this game this season, and I guess just general, I'll go first here, how you feel about this team going in the offseason based on everything we saw today and at the end of the season. I, they have a lot of things to, to deal with. They have a lot of free agents that they have to decide on. Um, but I think you can feel pretty good going into the offseason if you go with the knowledge that they have 10 draft picks, they need to hit on a bunch of them. Um, but even with all the free agents they have that could potentially leave, none of them are like the season's over if they lose that guy. Like the, all their, their core guys are under contract. Malcolm Jenkins would be the main question if they can get him to agree to it. If they want to sign him to extension, if not, you might have to move on from him. But they have Malcolm Jenkins under contract, Fletcher Cox, Derek Barnett, um, Carson Wentz, Miles Sanders, Andre Dillard, Fletcher Cox. Uh, Jason Kelsey, if he comes back, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Isaac, like all these guys are under contract. So, I, and they'll be healthier next year. In theory, they should be adding some more weapons. How he really needs to hit a home runs this year. He's done a really bad job of surrounding Carson Wentz with weapons the last year or two. Um, I think the Giants, if they hire the right coach, are going to become scarier as the years go on with Daniel Jones there and Saquon Barkley there and Darius Slayton there. But I, as we see it right now, I still think the Eagles should go into next year feeling pretty good about themselves. Yeah, I think so. Um, there's just going to be a lot of transition. I, yeah, I, I, it's it's going to be a much different looking team next year. Yeah, and you know what? I which might take time to acclimate. This team, we've said it all year, they do need youth. I'm interested. You kind of brought it up. Like, the evaluation standpoint, I'm interested to see how Andy Weidel does in his role. I'm interested to see, you know how they use some of these coaches to kind of figure out certain positions. Um, I mean, it's just very interesting for me. Um, it, it, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, this is such a weird game, right? Because it's like the season, you almost have to give them a mulligan half the time because of so many injuries. I mean, look, the injuries aren't an excuse. Tom Brady was playing with you know, terrible wide receivers and everything like that. I mean, but like at some point you're snake bitten and it's hard to evaluate a snake bitten team because yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, you can't properly say, did this guy get better? Did that guy get better? Would they have been good with this guy? You know, people on the radio want to jump to conclusions right away. But if from our standpoint, we have to process this and it's just tough. I mean, we have to make some knee jerk reactions, but like, like, if I asked you how Big V played after you watched maybe the first two games of him playing at right tackle, I it think... was bad, yeah. Yeah, you, he wasn't bad, though. Uh, like, oh, you're saying most... I thought you meant earlier you know this I'm, season. Yeah. No, but what I'm saying is, is, like, I remember us having a conversation and not even thinking about it, and you were like, well, he had some rough moments. And then I went back and watched, and yeah, he had a rough moment, but it was a moment, not the entire game. So, it's just one of those things where I think this team needs to to use a phrase from Doug Peterson, look at itself in the mirror and attack what it needs to attack. And that's cornerback, wide receiver, defensive tackle, safety, uh, <laughs> back linebacker. Quarterback, backup running back. <laughs> um, this linebacker group needs a re- re- overhaul. Yeah. I mean, Nigel Bradham. Uh, Nigel Bradham is one of the most inconsistent defensive starters I've ever seen. He will have a game where he looks like he shouldn't even be on the field. Then he'll have a game where he... Is incredible. Has play, yeah. yeah, I mean it's incredible to me. Um, look, this there this this conference this year was 
waiting to be had. I think San Francisco is a really good team. I think Green Bay can get there. I thought New Orleans was the hat. Yeah, <laughs> I did too. Yeah. Um, but now I'm really interested to see what happens now that Kirk Cousins has his first playoff win. Uh, you know, it's interesting, man. It, weird, it, weird time to be alive. There's two AFC South teams still in the playoffs, which is incredible to me. Yeah, the, t- the Patriots lost. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, look, this is going to be one of those weird years. It's the 100th NFL season. Um, but the one thing I think you can take solace in, in is this is a really, really good uh, ecosystem, and it's a good head coach. I think Doug Peterson deserves a ton of credit. Um, it's one of those things where I think like Mike Rowe has a bad reputation mostly because of the way he interviews. And winning a press conference doesn't make you a good coach. Losing a press conference doesn't make you a good coach either. Um, or a bad coach. Uh, and I think I'm interested to see what happens with Mike Rowe because I think he earned, earned some respect externally, at least from a lot of writers, over this four-game stretch that they won. The fans would tell you that they hope he's gone, and Jim Schwartz, and just about everybody else. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, yeah. And I know, I know. But that, that's the nature of the beast is coaches are always going to get blamed. Yeah. Um, we'll wrap up there. This will be our last podcast of the season, but we'll have another one for you guys this week. We're going to be doing locker room clean-out tomorrow morning. I'm sure we're going to talk to a lot of guys. If you don't have Eagles Extra, this is a great time to sign up because we're going to be sending a lot of the exclusive stuff we get there. It'll we be send a, out a lot tonight. We sent out a lot tonight before we got the Jordan Howard stuff, the Jason Peters stuff, Carson Wentz updates, the stuff on the clowny hit. Like we, we got that on the text message first. Um, you can get it on any of our stories on nj.com slash Eagles. Uh, it's listed up there pretty high up. Uh, so sign up for that. Uh, thank you guys for listening all season. Like I said, we're not done yet, but... Um, or as Doug Peterson says in his post game when they're excited, we're not done. And then the other person yells, yet. <laughs> you ever watch the post game celebration videos with Doug? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. They all, he does it like every time. Now nah, they are done. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. We had a great season uh, doing this. It was a lot of fun. Um, glad you guys put up with my laughter. And our our breathing wasn't as bad this year, actually. We improved on the hey, breathing. Hey, look at us. <laughs> the, our, our mic drops, literal mic drops. And. Uh, but yeah, we're 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 just thankful to have you guys all listening to us, and uh, it was fun this season, even if it ended early. Anything you want to say before we How go? How did Josh McCown get his hair to look so nice on that press conference? Yeah, even after a game of sweating. Yeah, <laughs> like what? What is that? How is that possible? That's the future. I need to know right who there. Josh McCown's hair guy is. That's the, the that's the, that's your question that, for him tomorrow. That's my biggest offseason question, or at least what is pro- what product he uses. Yeah, man, dear lord, that's an enterprise story for the offseason. Ooh, right? I'm with it. <laughs> All right, we'll end on that note, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll hit you with another one this week, and sign up for Eagles Extra. Bye. Deuces.